Welcome to the Annie Gamers Podcast. Uh, this is episode 39. We're recorded on Tuesday, July 24th, 2012. Uh, I'm your host, Evan Minto, and my co-host today is once again, Mr. David Estrella. Hello, everyone. So, Otakon. Otakon 2012 is uh, coming up this week, and hopefully this podcast will be up before uh, before Otakon actually starts, so you can like listen to it on your trip there if you're going, or I guess listen to it while you sit at home if you're not going. Or listen to it on your way to Otakon. Right, that's that's the hope. Um, and then people will it's, see us at Otakon and be like, I listened to that podcast. Yeah, that's a very won't. vain yeah. hope. Right, right, that won't happen. Uh, <laughs> but anyway... Uh, Let's just uh, let's just you know talk about what we're looking forward to at Otakon a little bit, and then we'll get into uh, what we've been doing. We'll just talk about some some anime, manga, video game stuff. So, David, I know you've got some uh, some guests at Otakon that you're probably looking forward to. Really, though, I'm only <laughs> looking forward to uh, speaking to Gen Norobuchi, the writer for Fate Zero, uh, yeah, Madoka, yeah. and some other things that you probably already know. Um, but actually, I don't know if that will even happen because Otakon still hasn't emailed us the uh, the interview schedules. And considering that we are still, I guess, uh, a middling uh, blog, <laughs> we might have to just slip in somehow. Uh, that that is not how that works. Uh, Otakon staff, if you are listening, we are not going to try to slip in. To, well, no, my email. Interviews. I hope my email slips in. I, oh. I know the doors the doors are pretty much <laughs> welded shut once uh, Otakon rolls around, but still. But yeah, the Otakon, uh, you know, they're a big convention. They get a lot of press and a lot of big guests, and they're they're not always able to honor all the requests. Uh, I know we've had a lot of trouble getting interviews in the past. Uh, previously, like last year, I got an interview with Masao Maruyama, which I just finally posted, and that was like a 15-minute interview. That's all they could get me with him. Uh, and you should check that out at anigamers.com. Uh, yeah, Masao really, Maruyama really is the... Uh, timely of you. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's time for Otakon, just the wrong Otakon. Uh, he's the uh, executive producer at Madhouse, which is a very prolific anime studio. They did, like, Death Note. They did all of Satoshi Kon's uh, films. But he'll be back there this year, and I'm looking forward to uh, seeing some stuff from him. Uh, he's uh, he's running a panel about MAPPA, or I don't know. MAPPA is just how I'm going to say it for now, uh, which I didn't even realize was his studio. It's the studio that did... Um, Kids on the Slope, which is the Shinichiro Watanabe show with uh, music by Yoko Kano. It's all like about kids playing jazz music. And I really liked it, and I didn't actually realize that Masao Maruyama made a new company that produced that show. So yeah, I'm looking forward to him. Uh, Urobuchi, I'm not super familiar with his work. Uh, like I've seen Madoka, and I've seen a little bit of Fate Zero, but uh, obviously that's a big deal for a that's, lot of people because yeah, those two that's shows are huge. Kind of thing. Right, right. <laughs> Uh, and there are a lot of um, a lot of voice actors from Madoka coming too, right? There's I I think there's one Japanese one, the one that stands out. Oh is yeah, Kyoko, yeah. Um, whose name was I think, oh yeah, yeah. I think I Nonaka, and then mm-hmm. the English cast, which was uh, right, Christine right. Marie Cabanos and uh, Sarah Williams. Uh, and one other person, I think, or maybe not even one other person. I might just be making it up. But those three, I know for sure, will be at Otakon. Yeah, they yeah they they are having definitely like a lot of people from the uh, from that cast, both on the English and Japanese side. So obviously, Madoka is the big thing here, right? So it's Again, it's out. It was right. <laughs> it was the thing last year when they brought uh, Iwakami, and it's the mm. thing again because I guess it's well. I mean, it 
But the then now volume, it's out on DVD. The final yeah. volume just came out, and, you know, I think Aniplex feels like they can still get something out of Madoka. Well, I think... Uh, I don't know. I'm I'm going to predict that they probably will. I think you'll see a lot of uh, a lot of cosplay from it at the convention this year cuz at Anime Next we noticed uh more more Madoka than we're used to seeing, you know, at, at previous cons yeah. even at like Otakon where they had the premiere of it and stuff and you would think yeah, it was be there. A lot more people. They had a uh, right. they had a they had... pretty good uh, amount of cosplayers for Madoka and now Right. Yeah. But I imagine I, ma- I imagine we'll see more, especially because there's a bit of a vacuum that Madoka is filling at this point. Uh, there's not really anything else that is uh, is popular, and you know, looks like it's going to come up and take the place of all the other you know popular cosplay shows. Yeah, we were um, like, we were all uh, pretty much hoping for Fate Zero to take that uh, in a yeah, timely Fate manner. Yeah, Fate Zero's got it's got some pretty pretty you know unique costumes. Yeah, but... and it's got a pretty unique price tag attached to it too. <laughs> uh yeah so i'm i'm definitely looking forward to uh to some of that uh madoka stuff because i did kind of i i kind of liked that dub from what i saw of it and it'll be interesting to just to see how the uh what the reaction is to you know to having the guests from that show there what else is there i'm scrolling through this list right now oh yeah there's aya hirano surprisingly Ooh. enough <laughs> yeah yeah i don't know how I don't much know. people care about it. her anymore do people still care about her uh I don't. It's it's complicated, cause uh, she's coming, right? But oh, she she's is coming after all the all the scandals. I don't know. I don't even know if I, I haven't. I haven't been scandals. keeping up with the scandals. David, what? enlighten us to the scandals. Uh, the scandals is that well, the big scandal is that she uh she slept with every member of her band except for the bassist. And that's it. Oh wow, I didn't know that. Yeah, but you know how uh you know how people get. I mean, you know how we're talking right. get. Right, right. Oh no, you can't have the the, yeah. the pop idol sleep with people. So, then the innocence is ruined I mean, forever. I mean, that was pretty bad enough for, I guess, your standing among the fans. But then there's a bit of fallout because, you know, I mean, like you can't upset that many fans, no matter how, I guess, dumb the reason is, and not expect to, uh, I guess, receive some sort of punishment. So she lost a bunch of roles that she uh, would have otherwise gotten. No, she would have kept. For, uh, for future oh, oh, oh. for future uh, anime because a lot of her roles were adaptations like uh, Haruhi she had a speaking part in uh, the Bakemonogatari no- uh, novel adaptations mm-hmm. and that went to some other actress she actually was credited for a uh, a speaking role in the first series but she didn't actually say anything because she was <laughs> a, the thing was in the story that uh, she's in such a her character is in such a weakened state that she can't actually speak, but she still right. I guess like moans and grunts and does those kind of things. Oh wow! Yeah. And she's then she like... actually she's actually supposed to speak in uh, the second series Nisi Monogatari, but that was uh, that didn't come out until after the scandal. So you're hearing a different actor for that one. This is like that. That's just absurd. I I I, I kind of liked her voice, uh, which you know I don't like pay close attention to Japanese voice actors, but mm-hmm. she she played you know she played Haruhi and she played um, what's her name the main character of of Lucky Star, but I you know she has she has a kind of memorable voice, uh, and it's just a, I don't know it's a shame that like that fans blacklist these these people for stupid reasons. Well, I mean she's kind of she's kind of been having like this uh, whole kind of like wild girl kind of. Uh oh! No, kind of, you can't act anymore yeah, in I mean, cartoons if you're having a yeah, wild no, girl she, phase. She's, she's been saying some 
she uh she's it's not like the first time that she's uh, said or acted out in such in this kind of way there's a uh, oh there's like this one thing where she uh she admitted to sleeping with older men like like she prefers older men and oh, then but people, that's perfect for the 30 year old yeah, otaku but then people were people were saying like oh now she like slept her way to the top she slept her way to get oh, to haruki and all that kind of stuff so Okay, well, we're done with this topic yeah, because anime fans are the worst. I, I don't want to talk about them anymore. I might not even. I, I'm 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 morbidly curious about the uh, the Q and A because she's not even. I don't even think she's listed for a uh, performance because she also has like. Her she's music. doing a concert. She she is doing a concert. I I believe I saw it on the schedule for Sunday. Yeah, I didn't see it on the schedule, but I'm just gonna take your word for it. There's also, you know, tons of cool fan panels that I highly recommend people check out. Uh, Anime World Order, the podcasters will be there, and they're doing a bunch of stuff that I might forget to list all of. But there's uh, Daryl's doing a Loop on the Third panel. Uh, Gerald's doing one about fan service, uh, the art of fan service. Uh, there's uh, Anime's Craziest Deaths, which is Daryl's panel. They're doing a, a bunch of stuff. Definitely check out their things. Uh Mike Tools doing Dubs That Time Forgot and a panel about bad anime. The Reverse Thieves, uh, who, who have been guests on this podcast multiple times, are doing uh, new anime for older fans. And the Type Moon panel, uh, Alan's Type Moon panel, which when I went at Anime Next a year or so ago, I, I think it was a year ago, uh, that was a really fun panel, actually. You already saw it? Really, yeah. Ah. And uh, I, I knew nothing about Type Moon at that point, but it was uh, it's fun because at least at Anime Next, he happened to get a lot of audience members who were fans and who were quite funny and, you know, kind of bounced jokes off of him and stuff. It's basically they asked him questions like, okay, top five Type Moon characters that you would have sex with. Uh, which Type like, Moon that's... would you sleep with? <laughs> it was just like really kind of ridiculous questions. Uh, so hopefully he gets... A kind of rowdy crowd like that uh, this time, and it's actually eighteen plus, so that'll probably happen. Oh yes, fun times. Got some drunk type moon fans up in there. Unlimited fun times. Oh yeah, the panel's called Unlimited Panel Works, which is kind of awesome. Yeah, there's a bunch of other things, but I, we're not going to list everything. Uh, you're you're definitely going to some of the industry panels, right? Like the satellite one and the Anaplex. Yeah, satellite. It should be a. Uh, I'm kind of interested in seeing them because they're kind of new. Uh, but they kind of they got, they've developed this reputation of for doing I guess for trying to work with CG and animation like tradition mm. I guess yeah I mean it's all digital now but you know right, right. what we they, recognize as traditional animation now <laughs> and, yeah they did uh, bodacious space pirates right yeah, that's the some, one I'm watching that right now uh, a lot of people are kind of split between it looking good and it looking bad and I don't know I think. I think it looks good, but I might be biased because I've seen how difficult it is to actually <laughs> do models convincingly. Yeah, the, the, I'm watching it right now, and that show is not... Uh, the integration is not offensively bad, which is better than basically every anime. Mm-hmm. I, I, thought, I, I watch the CG, and I don't go, oh my god, that CG, that doesn't look right. And I think it's not just satellite. I think they have like a, a few offshoots, or at least I know that they... Uh, I think that they have like a... A subdivision of satellite working for the new Mavlove uh, anime, and mm. well, the Mavlove anime looks kind of not too great, but the CG is better for the robots than not so much for the aliens. All right, I'm not keeping up with Mavlove at all, so I don't know. I don't know what you're talking about it here. It would be, it would be. Uh, trust me, I actually just finished reading <laughs> the novels today. It's uh, it's based on 
it's based on, uh, I guess, I guess a trilogy of visual novels. And I've been counting, and it's probably over 80 hours long. So yeah, you shouldn't really be uh, expected to keep up. Yeah, all right. The series is also a spin-off, so I think you can just start just watching the series, but it's not too good. So uh, any other uh, any other Otakon stuff you're looking forward to or or looking forward to avoiding? Uh, well, nothing to avoid, really. Um, since my list is kind of short, because realistically, I'm not expecting to attend too many things. I, I hope to be out on the floor most of the time. Mm. But I am kind of interested in seeing the manga gamer thing because. Okay. I have like a, I do have an interest in visual novels. I wouldn't claim to be a visual novel <laughs> expert by any stretch of the imagination, but it feels like they're trying to make some sort of a big offensive, like like a actually get some uh, some outreach into into the market because like everybody's kind of saying, oh yeah, digital distribution, we can we can get our novels out anywhere. Some people are even, you know, have like this crazy pipe dream of getting visual novels out on Steam, which has actually happened. Mm, some, you, yeah, you got, you got a few, but it's not. It's it, not it's like always, uh, it's always going to be a niche audience. You're not going to yeah. get those out to like mainstream gamers. So, but at or least mainstream I know, anime fans. At least I know now with the, uh, I guess the current atmosphere, it's not. It, it's it's still pretty grim because most of the ways that you get visual novels is through is through piracy and uh and fan translation patches but i feel like the um the actual industry yeah i feel like the industry is trying its best to move forward despite all of that um oh i i have neglected to mention and so now i'm gonna like say it in a super loud voice to remind people uh, I am actually running two panels at Otakon that you should oh. go to. Uh, we're we're been talking about other people's panels, uh, and we'll say that was because of humility and not forgetfulness. So first off is Phantom and Criticism, The Art of Active Viewing, which is about uh, critical analysis in media in general, but uh, specifically we tend to talk about anime, manga, and video games because that's you know what Anagamers is about and what these conventions revolve around. Uh, but it's basically just about thinking critically and, and analyzing uh, things that we watch and, you know, whether that's a good thing, whether that's a bad thing, how that uh, how that helps and hurts our interaction with fandom. That's Saturday at 9 o'clock in Panel 5. And then I'm running the Changing Faces of Anime, which is my panel that I've been running, like, I don't know, half a dozen times now or something, uh, about anime character designs. So that's like I go through the whole history of anime character designs from like I guess the description says from Astro Boy to Haruhi Suzumiya, but it goes from before Astro Boy to after Haruhi Suzumiya. So yeah, you gotta update that. Yeah, I do. <laughs> I always forget to update that that, uh, that description. Yeah, that might have been modern, like two thousand seven. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that one is Saturday at seven thirty p.m. in uh, in panel four, and. Uh, yeah, definitely come out to those. Fandom and Criticism has uh, has me and Ink and Clarissa from the uh, the Anime World Order podcast. So it's like a panel discussion. You can get in there and like you get to be a part of the discussion. We we pick audience responses to our questions as we go, and it's very free form. If you want to know what that's like, you can actually listen to a previous episode of the Anime Gamers podcast. Uh, it's episode 32, The Art of Active Viewing. Uh, it was recorded at Anime Next 2010. I think that was the first time we ran it. Also yeah, think, I think you're not conflicting with anything really uh, seriously this time around. 
Yeah, yeah, I think I got, got a pretty good uh, schedule there. So hopefully we'll get a lot of people. Fandom and criticism obviously gets better the more people you have because you have a you know big audience of people kind of uh, contributing to the discussion. And we tend to get awesome audience members. So if you're awesome, you should show up and uh, and make the panel even more awesome. It's Otakon. It's a big con, so it's a good yeah. chance. <laughs> Yeah, so definitely come out to our panels, come out to all our friends' panels, go to other panels and then tell us if they were good because, you know, we, we don't know some of these people. We don't know how good they're going to turn out. Just to interject here, uh, we forgot to mention Otaku Bingo, which we're running yet again at Otakon. It's basically bingo, but each of the squares has some sort of anime con shenanigan that you're looking for at the convention, uh, usually stuff that's pretty silly or kind of dumb that fans tend to do. So, for example, you go up to a line and ask them what they're waiting for, and people don't actually know what they're waiting for. Or the caramel dancing dance that people tend to do in the hallways. And basically, you just try to get five in a row, and then you can tweet us or email us a, uh, a photo of your bingo card, and we'll post them up on the site after the convention is over. So please uh, go to the site, download a, and print out your bingo cards, and... Play along with us at the convention. The URL for that is tinyurl.com slash otakubingooticon2012. That's all one word. Or you could just search for otakubingo on anygamers.com or just go to the homepage and you should find it. You got a PDF link there and you should be all set. Back to the show. Yeah, let's, let's get into what we've been doing because I want to keep this episode short. David, I'm going to make you start. What have uh, you been watching, reading, or playing? Oh, well, you probably know already, but I've probably, for the last month, been reading the, uh, the Marvel Love visual novel because of, because of the anime, because of how, uh, I guess, everybody's been saying, oh, yeah, this is, this is one of the essential visual novels. And I, and I wasn't uh, convinced until recently. But what I'm going to assume is that most people know Marvel Love as a, as a kind of a, a mecha anime. But that's really just a spin-off based on a manga, the uh, the new Love Love Total Eclipse anime. But what it really is is kind of like this this huge multimedia kind of thing, starting from way back where it was, I think a, a set of completely unrelated uh, visual novels, and I think it might have also been an older anime, as well as other kind of you know silly otaku things like drama CDs. But then you've got Love, love. The first novel is a uh, is a pretty standard generic uh, high school harem comedy thing, and it's not very good. Then the sequel comes around, and it um it reuses a lot of the same characters, but it kind of it begins to introduce uh all those other elements you might have seen the uh, the robots and the aliens. So the the basic premise is. High school girls and one guy try to save humanity with robots against these aliens called the Beta. And now that setup is pretty much, I mean, it's pretty much asking for like, you know, the usual visual novel kind of, you know, that, that awful kind of stuff, you know. But, yes. Oh, we know. Yeah, I, I think you know. But actually, the second novel, while it's not the best thing I've ever read, it's pretty solid as its own thing. And you actually, surprisingly enough, the um, the generic self-insert character and all these Moe schoolgirls ex- actually experience some growth as characters. Although, I think um, 
embarrassingly enough, a lot of the uh, situations and drama are ripped straight from Evangelion. Like even some of the, <laughs> even some of the robot designs, and the um, and some of the animation, because it's got like really basic animation. A lot of it is just screams Ava. Now keep in mind that this was, I think, I think this was released in two thousand and four. So any uh, Ava copycatting was still kind of like it was kind of on its way out, but. I think in 2004 it would have been not acceptable, but people still would have done it anyway. But it doesn't even take like any of the um, the the parts that most people take from Ava. The uh, there's a there's a sniping sequence like that's pretty much exactly like the uh, like the part in Ava where they try to shoot yeah, the yeah. Uh, the operatic diamond angel thing, mm-hmm. and immediately after that there's a uh, there's a there's a story that's pretty much the um the episode where Shinji and Asuka try to synchronize their movements together. The one where they dan- have to dance. Yes, exactly. And they actually, <laughs> I think they actually, I think they might have actually started doing like some really flashy movements in the uh, in the Muvla visual novel. Because um, for uh, <laughs> like I mentioned, the uh, there's an alien invasion, but you don't see any aliens until the third visual novel. Now, That's because the aliens are just a plot device for the guy to hang out with the girls, David. Yes, I know. But um, <laughs> but it was working really well for a long time. So at the end of the uh, the second visual novel, everything just kind of that, that you've been working for kind of unravels. It was completely out of your hands, and now uh, now you have to choose a girl, and it's really arbitrary, and it's not very good. But there were some good ideas in the second novel, so I I was going to forgive it for that. But then the last visual novel, the last visual novel, I mean, the, it opens up amazingly. I mean, you've got a you've got a jam project opening, which is com- just like it's fantastic. It pretty much gears you up for like for actually being able to do something. It's like all the, all the other visual novels were just built up up to like up up to this point, and. It's pretty much geared for being one of the best visual novels I read. After maybe twenty-five hours, there's a there's this moment. Wait, in, wait, twenty-five hours into the third one. So or yeah, twenty-five he, hours so far total. No, no, no. It's like twenty-five into the third one. So now you're like you're looking at sixty hours of reading. So, so you're telling me. It gets good after twenty five yes, hours. That was what I was gonna say before. That oh my God. if you're if you're the kind of person that that says, oh, it gets good after like three hundred pa- after three hundred chapters of this really uh, generic manga, and it just like turns into some sort of amazing story, then this is this is the visual novel <laughs> for you. And I know you guys are out there. You guys have to read this visual novel because this thing will test your patience. But. But there's a moment that, like, oh, it's just, like, we, we talked about character deaths on the last podcast, right? Yes. And this character death in the third novel, it was, I, I actually had, a like, a physical reaction to the trauma when the, oh, come uh, on. when it was, uh, when there would be flashbacks to this one moment where they kill off a really, uh, a really important character. I, I've actually never felt like that in my life. 
And that's when even about real human beings. Well, I mean, I mean, come on. Like, I don't, I don't really know <laughs> any dead human beings. Okay, that's, right, that's, that's not fair. not any that I spent like the last sixty hours with, anyway. <laughs> but um, but after that, it's the writing is probably strongest at this point because everything that they'd been trying to do really works out in this like in this like five hour uh, chapter immediately after six uh, sixty hours of build up, and then. And then after that, you get you actually finally get into the counteroffensive against the uh, against the alien invasion. Now, after this, the, the writing was kind of shaky because now it's, it's chucking a lot of info dumps at you, which is pretty much a sign that they kind of they're going to start to not have uh, any idea what they're going to do. So I think after the counteroffensive, it would probably be smart if you just stop playing the game because the the ending. Or at least, at least the uh, the writing after the after the uh, the first attack against the aliens is just it's so bad. It it dawdles, it dumps a lot of information that nobody cares about on you. It's really self congratulatory. It's like I told you about the growth that the characters experience in the uh, in the second novel, but it's just it's really it's not it doesn't really do anything anymore after you keep on doing it for. For hours on end and then the worst part is that it introduces this awful rape as a backstory narrative which you as a man have to fix oh boy and then it immediately leads into sex and it was probably oh it was yeah, yeah. that's really distasteful <laughs> and i like between that and uh some things that i some things that i read about the uh the sword art online light novel series i'm pretty much convinced that any sort of person that's writing for otaku just cannot handle they, they really just can't handle writing anything with sex in it well let's we should probably move on that was a lot of talk about Muv love yeah and uh, i have it, nothing to say about that because i am completely unfamiliar with it yeah just just know that it at the very end, after everything had been going so well, it just kind of throws everything away. I don't know about if I would agree. You know, if I played it, I don't. I don't think I would think any of that was going well. But I'm not a visual novel person. Yeah. So uh, as for me, what I have been doing is uh, I'm actually like playing video games and reading manga and watching anime. Three things that I usually don't have time to do. Uh, but. I've been uh, let's let's see. I have been watching Bodacious Space Pirates. Uh, that's for Otaku USA, so I don't want to talk too much about it. But it is is pretty cool. It's a cool show. I had been hearing about it, and I think we watched like two episodes on a whim at one point. Really, I felt like it was six. Six? I did not watch six episodes of that show. <laughs> I watched two. You guys may have watched four more after that. Um, but yeah, it's kind of, I, I know you guys compared it to Madoka when we first watched it, just in the, kind of jokingly that the, the <laughs> general we? premise is kind of similar. <laughs> uh, what? I'm not familiar. Well, it was basically like, n the premise isn't actually, but it's more that the, the sort of setup is kind of uh, All a right. bit similar. In, All in right, it, I remember in, now. Right, it's like that there's a, there's a girl, and then there's like another mysterious transfer student girl who's involved in some shady things who gets the main character girl involved in those shady things. The character designs are vaguely reminiscent of Madoka. Um, 
but that's really where the similarities end. It's about space pirates, and uh, they're not exactly bodacious, but uh, the the original Japanese is Moretsu pirates, which I think translates to fierce, and that's a little bit closer to what I've seen so far. Um, and yeah, I don't want to talk too much about it, but I'd say check it out. It's kind of like really. Uh, it, it's kind of a lot more intense than you would think because it's got all these, like, you know, cute anime girl thing that you would expect would be kind of moe. But, and it's got a little bit of that, but it's really, like, the cool part is is um, everybody's just, like, super excited about everything in the show. Like, they're all just like, yeah, space pirates, this is awesome. And it kind of has an inf- infectious energy. Um, yeah, because I wasn't seeing that when I was watching it. No, it... it it gets better, but it gets better oh, it gets within, better. but within like four episodes, that starts to show up. I'm not even, yeah. I, I've, I've only watched nah. about four episodes so far, so it, it doesn't like take super long to get that. Not, uh, not 60 hours. Right, right. Uh, yeah, those first two episodes were not impressive, but by episode four, it, I was starting to really like it. Uh, I'm looking forward to, to getting back in and watching more of it. I also watched like one more episode of Fate Zero, which puts on? me in like, episode two. Two? <laughs> episode two, really? Yeah, and here it. I was thinking that you'd actually watch the significant amount. I'm sorry. No, just two episodes. Oh, um, man. It, it's pretty cool, but I need, to, yeah, you know, no, I need no. to find time for it. Yeah, you don't know anything. Well, I mean, I actually, I think you do know some stuff because you read the... I, uh, I watched, I watched uh, Fate Stay Night, so I yeah. do know and what think, happens in I that series. I think you read what I had to say on it. Uh, I didn't. I don't read your Fate Zero posts. I give those to Ink oh. because I don't want to get spoiled. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, so also, let's see. I'm going to try to run through these fast because we do want to finish uh, somewhat on, on time here. I am reading currently uh, two manga from my uh, from my local library, actually. So my library has a bunch of Blackjack and Mars uh Blackjack is is Tezuka. We've reviewed it on episode 16, I think, of this podcast. Uh, And Blackjack is excellent. It's uh, about a rogue surgeon, uh, unlicensed doctor. They're all like these uh, individual stories that all make sense on their own. Basically, it's one of my... It's probably my favorite manga of all time. Uh, Everybody should read that. I don't need to talk more about that here. Uh, But I'm like getting further into it, so I'm at like volume 9 now. Uh, it would be really good if you just bought a bunch of volumes from Ed this weekend. I know. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I'm buying other things from him. There's a ton of stuff I haven't read from Vertical, so there's still lots of stuff for me to buy. Uh, I'm also reading, yeah, Mars. Mars is a, uh, I don't remember the, the author off the top of my head, but it's a shoujo manga from the 90s, and um, it's really shoujo. Um, it's basically about a sort of shy girl and like her like biker tough guy boyfriend um and they go through all you know lots of crazy melodramatic uh drama stuff and it's uh it's just really well executed and you know i'm not really a a fan of that super melodramatic uh romance stuff though i do like some uh some romance in my anime like i like millennium actress a lot but that's because millennium actress is really like a character study that has romance in it but isn't really a romantic film 
but yeah, Mars is definitely very much about the romance. The the central piece of it is just about these two people uh, and their relationship and the trials it goes through. And man, the trials are crazy. That's what makes it kind of fun. Uh, is just how insane it is. So it's like, oh, he has... This is going to be some spoilers for a manga from the 90s. He had a twin brother who threw himself off of a uh, building and killed himself, and then he blamed himself for it. And, like, he has an ex-girlfriend who's crazy, and there's, like, a, a gay guy who wants to murder the girl, and it's like everybody has these ridiculous backstories. Um, but it's actually, you know, it's like a really good page turner uh i've been pleasantly surprised by the fact that i have a like i have a 20 minute uh subway ride every day like each way and uh i basically can read through that manga like one one full volume of it over the course of uh you know there and back on the subway so it's like really quick page turner uh, i'm liking it even though it's i'm totally not the target audience for it well manga is a universal language evan <laughs> I don't know who said that, but I think somebody probably said that. Somebody from the, the cool Japan school of Japanese culture. Ah, we gotta go look for some cool Japan stuff at Otakon. <laughs> we took a photo somewhere, didn't we? It was like Boston, oh, I think. Uh, yeah, I still have it. It was like the Rei Ayanami standing in front of Mount Fuji, and it literally just said cool Japan on it. And then the girl has to like cover her face and turn away from photos. Because oh, that, yeah, that's, that's right, what they do in right. Japan, right? Um, I don't know. I think that's what I, they I do. Really a lot of people don't. don't. I don't, don't want to <laughs> claim that that's what they do in Japan and then have somebody get insulted. Yeah. Okay, I'm gonna talk about another. I'm gonna talk about a game here. So uh, video games. You, you used up all your time yes. on your Move Love stuff. Go ahead. Unless you have, unless you have something you really, you really want to talk about. Nope. But, uh This is something that you actually played for I think five seconds Did according I? to Twitter. Spelunky. I'm yes. playing right now. <laughs> I played that for five seconds and then I uninstalled literally it. Literally five seconds? I literally played for five seconds. I died and then I just I uninstalled the game. Uh was that was that game was that game free? For PC. Is that what it was? Yeah, yeah. free for PC. I bought the like fifteen dollar oh. Xbox Live Arcade version. Oh, I, um, I couldn't take a shot like that. <laughs> I uh I actually I'm liking it. Uh, it's not super great, but it's it's kind of interesting. Uh, apparently, it's like a, a roguelike. I've never played a roguelike game. It's like got elements of roguelike games in it, I think. That's what people have told me. Uh, so apparently a roguelike is where you get like you get uh, procedurally generated levels and you generally you have like your it's permadeath. So when you die, you you start over all the way at the beginning. So this is that, but it's a platformer, and so you're going into a, a cave and trying to get treasure. It's basically Indiana Jones the game. Uh, you're you know fighting snakes and generally doing Indiana Jonesy things, and it's uh, it's kind of like the the uh, the roguelike aspects, the the procedural generation and the the permadeath gives it a really interesting spin to me. I, I know you didn't like it uh, because it is kind of. It's kind of difficult. Actually, I don't even know if I liked it or not. I was oh, just, yeah? I, I think I might have just been really upset. You just had a knee-jerk response? Yeah. <laughs> Looks like, I, yeah, think, it, it, I think Spelunky... It's Spelunky, right? 
Spelunky. Yeah, Spelunky. Because I'm gonna about to I'm about to say Spelunker, and that's a completely different game. It's completely different. I actually mentioned Spelunky to somebody at work, and he was like, "I played that on the Atari." Yeah. I was like, no, wait a no. sec. <laughs> then you gotta like freak out on them and be like, "No, it's on XBLA." <laughs> no, I played it, and I think. I think no, yeah. I'm pretty sure before that I played Cave Story, and like I really love Cave Story. But apparently, I think there's some contention between Cave Story people and Spelunky people for whatever reason. And I think I might just subconsciously been part of that. Oh wow, yeah. I guess there's some sort of cave battle that they're having. Yeah, it's like an indie game turf war. Wait, wait, wait. Are they arguing about which one is more underground? <laughs> oh no. <laughs> That's awful. <laughs> anyway. Um, so Spelunky, it takes some getting used to. It's it's really difficult, and I'm really bad at video games, and that's a horrible combination. So I die all the time. I haven't even gotten past, like, the third level, which is to say none of the levels are the same every time, but you, it's like, oh, level one, 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 two, one, three, and, uh, I think around, like, three or four, you're basically at the end of that first world or whatever. And then, according to the achievements, apparently you go to, like, a jungle and other things like that. But you're never going to see that. Right, I haven't gotten past that, because uh, it changes every time, which kind of ch- changes the dynamic of uh, of platforming. Because for me, platforming is always, especially when it's, like, really difficult platforming, it tends to be kind of like learning an instrument for me, where you, you just do the same thing over and over until you get it right, and you get a little bit further every time. But that totally doesn't work when it's randomly generated. So you actually have to get better at the game, not just better at, at memorizing you know, when to press the button. You have to actually get better at the skill of moving forward and, you know, and defeating enemies and, and you know, avoiding traps and stuff. And the, the traps are a really interesting part of it because there's a lot of times where I'll just jump in front of something and it'll be like, oh, nope, they shot an arrow at you and now you're dead or you, you fell on a, a pit of spikes. So it's kind of frustrating but at the same time it's kind of charming almost at the same time because when i die they, they have like little clever comments about about how you died and uh it's like when you fall from a high height it's like i broke every bone in my body is is the description of how you died and then i just sort of go oh i'm an idiot and then <laughs> you instantly start right over and start a new level so it's kind of f- a fun game to just jump right into play a couple levels and then stop which is maybe not worth fifteen dollars, but yeah, I'm like fifteen. It. I thought it was twenty. Maybe it is twenty. It's space bucks. I don't know what the conversion rate is. It's sixteen to twenty. You paid sixteen. I think it, I think it cost. No, 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 no. It cost uh, twelve hundred. Oh, so that's fifteen. Yeah. Fifteen. Yeah, that's what I thought. Still though, like you've invested fifteen, so now you have to you have to play this game. Like I didn't. I have to play anything. it. I don't have to like it, but yeah. I do have to play it. And that's I, I that I think helped because it. I do, I am, I'm liking it more after, you know, kind of giving it a chance. I know it can tend to give a, a knee-jerk response. I definitely, when I first played it, I was like, ooh, I don't know about this. <laughs> but yeah, if you give it a little bit of time, it can be, it can be kind of fun, though I can totally understand why people might not like it. it to, it's a kind of different experience from a typical platformer. Yeah, okay, I don't want to get too much into other stuff. I'm basically done with my stuff. Do you have anything else to talk about? Uh, No. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Is Batman anime? We could talk about Batman a little bit. It's not anime. It's not anime. I'm still going to talk but about it. You could talk about Batman. I saw it, too. It's pretty but all right. We're totally not... Listen, we're not spoiling this for anybody. Nah. So. I mean, is it worth spoiling, though? There are things in there that I wouldn't want to spoil, definitely. Yeah, I guess. 
Batman was pretty all right. It's not a great movie, I don't think. I walked out of that. Uh, we're talking about The Dark Knight Rises, actually, for people who listen to this like <laughs> I in, think in everyone two years and are now. like, what are we talking about? Do you know how many millions of dollars they spent to make sure everyone on the planet knows? <laughs> yes. Uh, but yeah, this is the third movie in the Christopher Nolan Batman trilogy. We don't need to explain more than that. So yeah, basically I walked out of it and said, that was a pretty good movie. I enjoyed that. And then I talked to my friend about it and instantly the whole thing fell apart. Like character motivations made no sense. As soon as I started to question at even like the lightest level, I just started to go, well, what about this? And then the whole movie fell apart. Ah, that's unfortunate. I didn't really have anybody like that. And also I sat for the entire uh, nine hour trilogy screening. So I was pretty fried at the end. Like, even when uh, the third movie was about to go on, I was a little, like, I was pretty much completely uh, completely accepting of anything that Christopher Nolan would throw on the screen. Basically, what I came out of there thinking after I, you know, after I talked to it to, with my friend is like, well, you know, I enjoyed it while I was sitting in the theater. So, it's really not a great movie, but it's a movie that you'll probably enjoy a lot if you liked the other Batmans. Obviously, if, if you don't like the other Batman movies, you probably won't like it. Yeah, I think uh, more than the actual Batman character, I was more in it for Christopher Nolan, who, I guess, gets some flack for making... Well, I mean, it's not really Nolan's fault, but he makes not-dumb movies that everybody just kind of praises as really smart, intelligent, and complex. Are you you quoting from, uh, or paraphrasing from Zach Bershey? Because he said that recently on Twitter, and I thought that was like a brilliant analysis of uh of nolan's films well i mean i guess that's the most uh notable example of people saying that but no i mean like mm-hmm. no, he's not the only one that's been saying that uh, that's the first time i've i've heard it uh said mm-hmm. as directly as that i heard it like a month after inception when it stopped being cool oh, okay to like yeah, inception yeah. right right yeah so i don't know yeah, I, I, I think that's just a really good way of describing it. That basically it's like people who watch bad movies see Nolan's movies, which are pretty okay, and go, oh my god, he's a genius. <laughs> well, I mean, you have to be kind of smart to make a not-dumb movie that still kind of has all oh, of yeah. these really dumb elements in it and not make it right. appear dumb for at least the time that you're watching it. Right, yeah, and, and that's the thing. is like He does make an enjoyable movie that doesn't make me like you know punch myself in the face because it's so stupid yeah. or something. And even, you know, when I have problems with it at the end, it's just that the movie kind of doesn't make a lot of sense, but it's not that it's outright stupid, which is really a weird backhanded compliment to give a movie, but, well, but I mean, yeah. It's still, it's a mainstream movie. Like, calling it not dumb is one of, like, the highest, <laughs> the highest uh, forms of actually uh, saying anything good about it. Uh, yeah, I guess so, unfortunately. Yeah, dire straits for uh, Hollywood. Yeah, well, Hollywood is is just basically all sequels now. It's kind of comical at this point. Oh, well, then you've got original things like Battleship and uh, John Carter completely <laughs> right. belly flopping. Right. Uh, all right, so now that we've uh, tarnished our reputation by talking about things that are not anime, I guess not we talked anime. about Watchmen once on this uh, on this podcast. So yeah, well, we have a slight history of talking about comic book movies, but never again. Uh, <laughs> It'll probably happen again. Yeah, we won't promise anything. Not too much. Not you know, often. Not everybody. Not everybody's into the Batman when they're coming here for their Japanese stuff. Yeah, besides, comic book movies are probably going to die after this anyway. 
Who am I kidding? But yeah, that's right. <laughs> right after this, and Thor 2, and Iron Man 3, and Captain America 2, and Avengers 2, and The Man of Steel. Yeah, we're stuck with uh, comic book <laughs> movies for a long time, aren't we? Yes. Uh, let's finish up here. So, yeah. thank you for listening to the Gamers podcast. It's been a pleasure. You can check out more from the podcast at podcast.anygamers.com and comment on our posts, please. Let us know how we're doing uh, and if you liked or didn't like the show. You can send us an email at podcast.anygamers.com about basically anything you want to talk about. We will, uh, we can, we might read it on the show if if we like it, which uh, we don't get a ton of emails, so we'll probably read it on the show <laughs> unless it's, unless it's like really bad. Uh-huh. <laughs> And, uh, yeah, you can, like, suggest stuff for us to review that I will never find time to review. Uh, Please uh, review us on iTunes. Uh, I'm going to stop doing that thing where I ask you to only give five-star reviews and just give an honest review. (laughs) Just whatever. Just anything. Reviews are cool. Yeah, and uh, definitely read www.anygamers.com. That's our blog with uh, reviews and columns and feature articles and cool stuff. We'll be covering Otakon at AnnieGamers.com. You know, we'll do news and uh, panel reports and photos and stuff if you want to check there. Uh, And read Otaku USA magazine. Now I'm now going to start throwing this in at the end. I recently wrote three articles for the, the most recent issue, which is the one with Persona 4 on the cover. And I wrote the review of Ergo Proxy and the features about... Uh, Dead Man Wonderland and Heaven's Memo Pad. Uh, check those out. Did you actually watch those? I, I have to watch them to, to talk about them. Anime. I watched 50 episodes of anime in about a week. That's shocking. Week and I haven't a, watched week and a half for that magazine. Yeah. I now actually, you know, because they give me deadlines in Otaku USA, so I have to actually watch this stuff. Thanks for listening. See you next time. Bye. Bye.